a daring robbery, a stolen jewel, an ancient curse that may alter the destiny of the world. Find him, get him. The Lost Empire. Three amazing women join forces to battle a supernatural demon at his hidden island fortress. Strange experiments. Secret powers. Shadowy devils bent on taking control of the entire planet. You're a dead man. Three outstanding warriors. Two mighty creatures. One incredible adventure. Get ready to meet your maker, Wolf. Classic Returns, The Lost Empire. can't complain too much <laughs> surviving the pandemic mm -hmm. so far um what a bright spot today was with that movie oh oh man <laughs> let's intro this thing so we can talk about it yes it's okay. so exciting uh listeners <laughs> <laughs> listeners you are listening to chewing the scenery horror movie podcast uh loosely okay horror movie horrible movie we've done that a few times <laughs> in fact recently um we're three friends who get together and talk about a movie sometimes a horror movie we will spoil that movie we'll try not to spoil recently watched and we thank the moon rays for giving us that song intro creature features at the top of the show find their music on apple music or amazon where you can buy it digitally say hello to them on facebook where they are the moon dash rays and what was it called? American Scary that I watched where they did the soundtrack? It was from like 15 years ago. The one about the horror hosts that was on Amazon Prime. But oh, yeah. You, yeah. It was so cool to hear them uh, just as, you know, soundtrack music. Anyway, um, we're not professional critics, duh. Uh, that'll be evident shortly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, what a crazy world we live in. But summer just showed up uh, what what's going on summer just showed up with a vengeance today didn't it yeah <laughs> hot today yeah yeah it's it's 90 degrees here in denver um so guys uh who wants to start with recently watched jolian do you want to kick it off okay uh well i watched a classic of um pardon my murder uh, uh murder she said from 1961 <laughs> not, uh, not heard of it it's a Miss Marple. It's the first uh, Miss Marple film oh, okay. by uh, Margaret Rutherford. Uh, it's directed by George Pollock. Uh, very entertaining. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's also got Arthur Kennedy, uh, Maria Pavlo, uh, James Robertson Justice. Um, yeah, so, you know, Agatha Christie's story. Uh, yeah. If you look for uh, elements that play into... Um, 
uh, creamy and yellow. Uh, you've got uh, scenes that are played for scares in it. It's mostly, you know, it's fairly lighthearted and comical, but they do go for the scares sometimes. Um, there's a, the initial murderers uh, that she witnesses, uh, she's trapped and unable to help in it. So that would, that would play into Jello. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah, she's a, she's riding a train into her village and uh, there's a train passing her and she sees a murder going on in the window of the passing train. Oh. And then there's there's no body and, she, and no one believes her and she has to figure out you know, what happened. So it was a train in vain. <laughs> no one believes her. It was in vain. Yeah. Okay. Um, Just trying to shoehorn a Clash reference in there for everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and then there's a, there's a pair of black gloves you see, but uh, I, you don't see the killer wearing them. Oh, so close. And, but there is a, uh, there is a scene where um, there's a zoom in on an eye. Oh, good. Argento and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, that was quite striking. But, uh, anyway, you know, very, very entertaining film in its own right. Uh, I saw uh, a very low budget, lower budget than Lost Empire. Oh. This, this is a, like an indie film from uh, Michigan uh, called Demon Lover. Uh, and it's obviously made by a bunch of nerds without any money. Um, Gunnar Hansen's in it. He's playing uh, Professor Peckinpah. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, all the characters are named after directors and comic book artists. So um, you've got characters named Frazetta, Kaluta, Kirby, Corbin, Redondo. Wow. Um, Wrightson. Um, you could get injured with all the winking you're doing you know, as, yeah. <laughs> as a filmmaker. So uh, uh, an actor named uh, Christmas Robbins plays uh, Laval Blessing, who is a karate student slash coven leader. And then you've got a bunch of uh, coven members who want to get out of it, and uh, he starts knocking them off with the aid of his uh, his Bigfoot Starly demon. Oh um, wow! The uh, Vol Blessing has a, a Dave Mustaine haircut. Um, it's very enthusiastic with throwing the uh, blood around. <laughs> um, the uh, guy playing uh, a character named Kaluta is uh, Val Meyerick, who you might know as the co-creator of Howard the Duck. Oh, oh. boy. Yeah. So uh, there's that. And then I, I also watched uh, All the Colors of Jello, the documentary about Jello. Oh. Where's that? Um, uh, that was on Prime. Oh, good. Uh, it kind of, um, you know, it, it's... It's entertaining, but um, it won't tell you much you don't know already if you're already into Jello. Yeah. Production, though. And uh, it does kind of, it felt a bit abrupt the way it ends. It just gets up to, uh, it talks about, I think, uh, Umberto Lenzi, and then it kind of leaves off and ends. Um, Was that like right at 90 minutes? (laughs) I, I wasn't. I wasn't watching the timer, but it's like, it just talked about Alberto Lenzi. And then when the Italian film industry kind of petered out, he started writing in, instead of making films. And then, and then it just, then it goes, it. yeah, there's, there's no conclusion. Right, really. Cut, cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But otherwise I've been working on, um, uh, there's this anthology book being put together called uh, the third BHF book of horror stories. Hmm. Um, and uh, it's it's kind of in tribute to the uh, uh, Pan did a series of horror short story collections back in the 60s and 70s which had amazing covers and uh, so they've already got a cover artist for this um, but I've done a couple of illustrations for it and uh, also a story Um, and they should be wrapping up putting that together pretty soon Um, so that's been fun to do yeah Cool. Yeah, so what have you been up to? What have I watched recently? Um, not much, in fact. Uh, we watched a couple episodes of, or no, one episode of The Great on Hulu, which is kind of a, would they label it as an occasionally true story about Catherine the Great? 
Oh, okay. it's all right. I might watch another. I don't know if I like it or not yet. Um, and and tried to watch another. Pardon my murder. Set in I don't remember Finland or somewhere bleak and miserable. But we only got two episodes in and decided it was too dull. So. <laughs> That's about all that I've watched this week. Uh, other than I rewatched Extras. Uh, yeah, that's about it. You, have you read any more film books? Uh, no, I haven't, and I have to get you that copy because it was on the thumb drive. But you, I understand, Richard uploaded the video yeah. for you to watch. I can. I'm going to make a trek across town sometime this week, so I'll bring it. Okay, got it right here. Yeah. Um, no, I've been reading a series of uh, books on making of Star Wars the first trilogy that are that I found online. So one of them was on uh, Internet Archive. I don't know what's it, what it's doing on there. It's not free. I mean, it's not mm. public domain, so it shouldn't be up there. But I've found numerous things on the Internet Archive that, uh, that shouldn't be there. There's somebody who put uh, a movie up, maybe you've heard of it, called Tangerine Timepiece. No. Clockwork Orange. <laughs> oh, so they just they just retitled it. Uh huh. Oh, nice. I thought it was a good one. Tangerine timepiece is like, oh, I put some thought into it. Hmm. That sounds like a mockbuster, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gotta love. Sh- uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be Sharkansaw or Sharkansas. <laughs> Shark and Shark and Saw Women's Prison. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw that. I, I haven't watched it. I saw the poster. Oh my god! I'm sorry, Will. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that's it. Okay. Well, my recently watched um, includes. Uh, I, I kind of got for some reason a little irritated with the Paranormal Activity movie being such a big hit, and. Literally nothing. I I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Literally nothing happens in Paranormal Activity. <laughs> and just like Blair Witch, there were people who were like, ooh, I was scared shitless. It was the scariest thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, who are you? And does everything scare you? <laughs> because those movies are not like, I, at least I understand Blair Witch Project could be like, they do build up some creepiness and they do make you feel like the characters are truly lost but yeah if you can get past the motion sickness there's something there but paranormal activity did nothing for me so i was irritated and didn't watch any more of the movies i Uh, i've watched all of those you mentioned that in a recent episode and that's the reason why when i saw this up on uh amazon prime for no extra charge uh, I went ahead and watched it and I got to say paranormal activity three. I think I actually watched two and was also not scared by it at all. There's some good creepiness and some good scares in three. Yeah. I like three and four. The little kids are great actors. Yeah. They're, they make the whole thing and the special effects are, are timed pretty well and, uh, and look pretty believable. So I was uh which is, which on is the one with the uh where they have the uh the specter in the in the sheet. Oh that's that, that's this one. Yeah, part 3. Yeah. That was yeah. great cuz it just drops. Yeah, good gags. Yeah. Yeah. It was brilliant. I thought that was great. And then of course when the guy says, "Hey, I disassembled your fan and turned it into like a oscillating camera thingy." And it, this is mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be 1988, so it's it's great. He's he's doing improvisation here and uh and making stuff out of other things and then that gives you that great thing where the camera reaches its left and then it's panning right and then you see that light kind of flickering and starting to swing Mm -hmm. it's like cool they're doing something with this and uh there wasn't just like some you know shitty nun with a creepy face you know waiting to jump out of the medicine cabinet or something um, so I enjoyed this bad one. Bad mouth, shitty nun. That's my favorite series. <laughs> of all the nun movies, sh- shitty nun. Shitty nun. 
<laughs> the shitting. It's like Bloody Mary, but she's covered in well. You get the idea. I was. Well, hoping... I want. I want to. I want to see a coloring book page on that from you next by next week. Okay. okay. <laughs> Shitty nun. Um, Coming out of the mirror. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then I watched. Uh, I watched a documentary about. Um, and let me just preface this by saying I do think the Western world has kind of a weirdly unhealthy relationship with death. Uh, there's this documentary. What? Yes. There's a documentary called Built on Graves, which is about how a lot of our urban areas and suburban areas, um, they're built on uh, on cemeteries where they, just like in Poltergeist, just removed the headstones and just built. And it's... Like uh, it's, Cheeseman Park. Yeah, yeah Cheeseman Park. Very young Cheeseman Park. Yes. Yeah, there. Um, and apparently the botanic gardens here in Denver um, are backed up to a cemetery, and sometimes bones just sort of show up when they're trying to plant stuff. And this is a very common thing. And it just turns out that hey, the more people there are, they just keep dying. And the more we just stuff them in holes, we run out of holes to stuff them in. So uh, get a Tibetan sky burial, I guess, is the moral to this story. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a but this is a you don't want to encourage the squirrels that's true <laughs> that's a that's an american tree burial <laughs> um so tibetans get picked off by by you know yetis and whatever yeah you know, there's a bit of a <laughs> bit of dignity and spirituality to it but here it'd just be squirrels yeah you got snow lions and you got uh, the yeti and uh some sort of buzzards yeah. Ice spiders. Yeah. yeah. Ice spiders. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so built on graves is, um, it's pretty straightforward documentary style. I mean, it's not super dazzling with that, but it's professionally handled and it's, uh, it's, um, pretty much just getting the information to your, to your face. And, uh, it's, it's pretty watchable as this sort of thing goes. Like it didn't get a whole lot of stars as far as the reviews go, but I feel like if it's a subject you're, you find interesting, um, it's informative more than anything. And, uh, it's a, it's a, a little, um, a little surprising if you're not aware at all of how much of our country is built on top of cemeteries. And they cover some stuff in Europe as well. Uh, how the catacombs came about. And, uh, you know, why some cemeteries don't have to tell anybody that they're just going to, you know, chuck you out after 20 or 30 years and stuff someone else in there and charge them as well. Because it is a business. And that's the thing. Um, it's the business of burying people. And then uh, they, like, like a bunch of... talk about Taiwan? They didn't. Uh, uh, Taiwan puts people in like big... They're like big towers, basically, that instead of a mausoleum that would stretch back, you know, they built them vertically. That's smart. Yeah. And I think you're you're there. You have a, a time, like a rental agreement for how long you're going to stay. Uh, I just don't know why we do it. It's weird. Um, so uh, the other one, of course... Uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I borrowed that uh, DVD slash Blu-ray set from you, Will, and uh, we that was a rewatch for me, but the missus hadn't seen it. So, uh, yeah, Quentin Tarantino, 2019, um, directing uh, Leonardo and Brad, and it's great. It's, it's Tarantino's love letter to the transition from old Hollywood to modern Hollywood, and a big fuck you to Charles Manson and his family. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Which is great. Uh, oh, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, I had to do a little bit of uh, explaining um, because she's pretty unfamiliar with the uh, what they call the LaBianca Tate murders. Um, but uh, yeah, it's never it's never fun to just try to condense that into a few sentences because there's so much that went into the the horrors that uh, resulted in the hippie rippers. Yeah. Dirty hippies. Anyway. Um, 
So that was great. Of course, on the rewatch, I caught more things than before. And that's yeah. always fun with, especially with Tarantino being one of my favorites. Um, and then I watched a 2018, uh, paranormal thriller picture of Dorian Gray sort of thing that was on shutter called don't leave home. It's about this woman who is like a diorama artist and she has, I think some bad feedback from some critics or something. And she's a little disheartened. And then, uh, I think it was like urban legends or something she's doing her dioramas about or, or missing people or murdered people or something. And, uh, there was a priest in Ireland who, um, who quit the priesthood because he was somehow tied to the disappearance of a girl and he, or he was upset by it or something. And he contacts her or his agent contacts her and wants to buy the piece that depicts the missing child that he was upset about and retired because of. So she's flown to Ireland to go stay uh, at his house out in the country and uh, there's going to be an auction of her art piece. And I don't want to say more than that, but it gets more creepy and more paranormal. It's um, again, picture of Dorian Gray kind of a thing going on with this guy. Uh, he's an artist as well. He paints so there's some, some sort of crossfire with their different uh, styles, uh, points of view, and uh, let's say abilities. Uh, so it's, it's definitely worth a watch. That is it for me with Recently Watched, other than this gem that we're going to talk about. <laughs> now, Will, how did you describe this to us? I'm trying to remember when you told us. <laughs> I know you said it was the worst matte painting ever painted. Yeah, yeah, what? I talked about the matte painting. That's what drew me in. If somebody posted a picture of that matte painting yeah. and uh, it looked like it was from a cartoon. It didn't look like it was from a, an actual live action film. Right. And, uh, like He-Man or something. Yeah. You're like, what is this? It's a, uh, you know, Thundercats. Some, yeah. Hanna-Barbera thing, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, somebody mentioned the, the movie and said that it was a great quarantine film. And it was by the people who made Chopping Mall. Yeah. Classic Chopping Mall. So uh, I decided I had to check it out. Boy, I'm glad I did. <laughs> I'm glad you did, too, because I don't know that I would have ever stumbled upon it. But this is a 1983 movie. Um, yeah, I would have never. I never heard about it. I mean, I guess I've heard of this guy. I've seen a couple of his films. Jim Wynorski. Uh-huh. And... Uh, I guess uh, there's a there's a uh, documentary on Prime. Unfortunately, it's not free anymore. Boo! Uh, I didn't watch it. You, uh, men you mentioned it out loud in front of a device. Yeah, I stopped <laughs> and read the description. Yeah, and then I went moved on. Uh, it's called Poptopolis or something like that, and it's about this guy. Unfortunately, I've not seen it yet. Um, but yeah, this is a movie. I think within the first minute or two i told gene this movie is exactly what i thought it was going to be and nothing <laughs> like i thought it was going to be you couldn't have imagined it no without like without there being like long stretches of boring crap like because what that's what usually happens when you get something this outlandishly bad but yeah hilariously funny at the same time um uh, i'm i'm I took a couple screenshots of, of things I thought were particularly funny. I'll share with you later, but, uh, I couldn't believe I, that, that I was seeing this. This is like, yeah, like the kind of thing that would be on like HBO late night or Cinemax after hours or something when, <laughs> when you're like 16 and you're like, Ooh, I'm going to watch yeah. this thing. And it's crazy. Uh, do you want to give it? You want to give a brief rundown for the listeners so they kind of understand what? I can't. I mean, it's hard to describe it. Uh, we have a. Well, I have a I have a picture of the matte painting that I'll post, <clears throat> but uh, there's a if, if if you want me to give it a try, or Jolie, if, if you want to, Jolie, you want to go first to describe this thing. 
All right. As, uh, so one day, this uh, horny, nerdy 13-year-old boy wrote a movie. <laughs> I wrote down 14-year-old, but go ahead. And um, so this, this is about uh, Angel Wolf. And uh, she she's uh, drawn into this investigation because uh, there's been this uh, robbery in uh, Chinatown, and it turns out that a uh, a uh, magician named uh, Doctor Sindhu, uh, who is also Lee Chuck. Uh, oh, you gave away the ending. <laughs> Uh, he, he's been collecting together these uh, magical eyes uh, with which he hopes to uh, gain great power for something or other. And uh, he's this, uh, he's got immortality and power as long as he gives the soul to Satan every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also, he's also uh, does a kind of a enter the dragon thing. He hosts a tournament where he invites over various uh, burlesque dancers to have a fight. And, uh, uh, then he, he picks his favorites from them. Um, and uh, so uh, Angel Wolf gets together with a couple of her pals, one of whom is White Star, uh, oh. and uh, the other one is Heather McClure, and they, oh. they form a trio, uh, and they, uh, because you have to go over to this island in threes, and uh, somehow this island is also an empire. Uh-huh. At all. Um, <laughs> And the uh, the chief henchman there is Koru, who's played by Bob Tessier. And uh, so they have this... Sometimes has eyebrows, sometimes doesn't. Sometimes doesn't. And then, uh, so they have this kind of tournament and uh, and stuff blows up real good. Yeah. Yeah. The end. The end. <laughs> um, my brief description was... Uh, Enter the dragon if written by a horny 14-year-old boy who likes butts, boobs, but not Bruce Lee. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, it was very important, it it was very important that these women did a lot of calisthenics. Yeah. And that the laser cannon was shaped like a big cock and balls. <laughs> Those are some oh. other notes I wrote down. Um, you shoot them with this cannon and they disappear. Yeah. 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 So. How about the uh, the prison break scene with uh, that was directed by Eric Stanton, I believe, or at least storyboarded by him with Whiplash? Oh yeah. my God. Um, <laughs> had to take off a piece of her costume <laughs> every. And, I don't know couple minutes or so and then it turns into a mud wrestle yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down Chekhov's mud puddle you know who played Whiplash oh no. yeah that was a Russ Meyer girl wasn't it no 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 Whiplash is played by Angelique Pettyjohn who you might remember from uh, Clambake oh with, mm. with Elvis yeah and yeah. she was an episode of Star Trek called The Gamers of Triskelion Oh, okay. She's the, she's got the big green wig in that one, oh. and a silver kind of bra thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's her. Uh, the uh, Russ Meyer woman is Raven Delacroix, who played a White Star. She was yeah. in, she was in Up. Yes, the indigenous woman from this <laughs> particular feature. She is she is actually half Comanche. I think her father was Comanche. Oh, okay. It's usually you don't see the green eyes from the Comanche tribe, but uh, <laughs> yeah, her her costumes were authentic at least. <laughs> she made her own costumes. It said, "Did yeah, she?" I did yeah. read. I did read that too. <laughs> I, I like it when uh, when uh, Sindhu invites her to dinner. He says, "Dress for dinner," and she turns up in this kind of fluffy. Like, white white uh, rabbit outfit? Yeah, sexy rabbit outfit. <laughs> oh my god. It was so Oh man, I feel like I feel like this is I'm making it up when I talk about it. Yeah, this is a movie as you watched it, you're like, I I can't believe what I'm seeing and I can't believe what's happening next. And it's a fever how dream. Is all this related? I think my my other favorite costume from this is um so uh, Angel Wolf, who's played by Melanie Vince, uh, she she's heard that her uh, cop 
brother has been mortally wounded in the giant and uh, so she goes to see him in hospital so what do you go to see your your uh, brother in hospital something (laughs) out of david bowie's closet yeah, it's like a silver the jumpsuit, yeah. jumpsuit thing, jumpsuit like, with a like, cut down to a navel. Yeah. yeah, I'm a cop, or she says something like that. I'm a lady cop. Yeah, she just walks into the entry hall, and there are all the serious surgery patients in their beds in the entrance hall. Yeah, and the surgeon says, "Who are you?" And she says, "Oh, I'm a cop. He's my brother." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like something out of a Santo movie. <laughs> totally. Oh. <laughs> they just show up in these outlandish outfits in, yeah. <clears throat> in otherwise normal situations. This is the, uh, yeah, the San Diego chicken, uh, syndrome that you've, <laughs> that you've described yeah. with Batman. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, uh, the, the, in, the intro to this thing is like, you think like, okay, with an opening sequence like this, where can you go? And it turns out, even more outlandish places. Uh, but I, but I did, uh, I did write down that this woman's point of view as a cop seems to be because it starts out with a hostage situation at like a, 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 a school full of children. Mm-hmm. Her, her, uh, her attitude as a cop seems to be, I'm willing to risk the lives of, of all these children in order to deal my own brand of justice. Yep. And uh, sexy justice. <laughs> and of course, FBI porn stash guy shows up and uh, turns out that they know each other really well, as it turns out. Um, but yeah, the silver jumpsuit, that was remarkable. Um, the red eye of doom floating into her purse, whatever that thing is. That was yeah. pretty interesting. Her uh, golden handbag. Yeah. Her golden ad bag, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, this this is pretty pretty ridiculous, but it's not, you know, it's it's not going anywhere terrible considering it's from 1983. And then uh, this guy shows up in the next scene, and I'm going, oh my god, they're they're making like a Charlie Chan, uh, homage ripoff. Uh, this is just terrible. And the character's name is Charles Chang. Yes. It's thankfully they let that go right after that dinner scene. Yeah. She, she says, uh, you've got to be kidding. Yeah. And he, is his name. and he says something about his, uh, parents having a sick sense of humor or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, it's like right down to the white suit with the tie and the hat and yeah. all that stuff. But uh, that's not the worst offense by this movie, is it? No. It's one of them. <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly. You know, uh, as long as you're in trouble for one thing to hell with everything, just go nuts. Just go on if a total. If you're going to make a bad movie, go all in. Yeah, go on a crime spree. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> to hell with everything. Let's throw the racist oh. shit in there, too. Okay, on the positive side, it's not boring. Never yes. boring. It's good looking. Yes. I, I, yeah. Photography was good. It's, the colors are uh, well done and everything. It, I think that they're successfully going for a low-budget John Carpenter look. And they've even got... Uh, Alan Howarth doing the soundtrack, so it sounds like a John Carpenter movie. Exactly. Yeah. And and especially the early scenes, you think, oh, oh yeah, this is Big Trouble in Little China uh, sort of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, uh, and, and talking about the matte painting, I thought it was typical of the movie that uh, the matte painting's not good, uh, but they did it. Yeah. They have to do that. There's lots of things in this movie they didn't have to do it. They could have just done something dirt cheap. Just a hand. Uh, they just said, oh, yeah, his base is a, an, a warehouse or it, or it's just a yeah. it's in the Hollywood Hills or something and just not not spent the money on it. And uh, But they, they went ahead and they wanted to do a map painting. And yeah. Some, somewhere weird. Yeah. Yeah. And they could, they could have done, like them taking off and then them 
showing up. They didn't have to do anything in between. You're right. And they got somebody who figured they could do it and, well, kind of couldn't, but did it anyway. Yeah, totally. Evidently, this was supposed to be a tax write-off. Okay. And uh, the director, it's his first movie. I guess he had written a couple movies in Hollywood, low-budget things, maybe produced one or two, but this is the first one he directed. And he didn't realize it was a tax dodge, so he put his whole heart into it, he said. Oh. And then later, they were the, the guy who funded it was like, well, it's a tax dodge. Let's see it anyway. And ended up liking it and got it in a couple theaters. So, <laughs> you know. And now Somebody's vision made it to the screen. That's what's important here. And they kept it at about 90 minutes, didn't they? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like yeah. you it's almost like you traveled through time, Will. And, yeah, and you green lighted this thing. <laughs> Bring it in at ninety minutes. Make it about anything you want. Yeah, yeah. It was weird. Like I I tried to click on the file to start it playing on my computer, and I said, "Well, it's not doing it, so I have to open uh, whatever the hell software it is to play it." And it started. And I was going, what the hell is this? They're they're getting ready to fade a scene in here. I hear some Native American chanting. And what the hell? This is like a weird overlap, but I'm waiting for it to dissolve to the next scene. And then I realize it's playing the audio behind playing the movie. Oh. Separately, but like three or four minutes apart. Yeah. (laughs) So I I had to pause it and then correct that problem but it didn't make it make less sense just like rock and roll <laughs> rock and roll nightmare when it was missing like a couple yeah. channels of audio because of my headphones not being plugged in all the way it didn't really make me think they didn't do that it didn't make me suspect my own fumbling yeah <laughs> like it was so obvious out of the gate that there was so much fumbling um yeah, so the Native American stuff, uh, not super accurate, but also not so cringy. Like, oh, it was pretty cringy. It was cringy, but I mean, like, it could have been so much worse. Uh, her her puns and plays on words, uh, like she didn't need to keep saying things like "I have reservations" or things about powwows and being on the warpath. Like that was God. Ugh. But this and the jokes that the dumb girl kept telling were awful. It was Fox Force Five, wasn't it? Uh, kinda. Yeah. It was Charlie Angels meets Enter the Dragon. Yeah, like when Tarantino makes reference to Fox Force Five, it's this kind of crap. And I do wonder if he was referring to this movie. He, yeah, I wonder if he's seen this. Probably. I'm fucking so. kidding. He owns the 35 millimeter. You know he does. You don't even have to ask him. You know. Tarantino's like, okay, all right, I'm going to show this at the Arclight, all right? Or the new Bev, I'm not really sure. Um, so, all right, you guys? Uh, so he's having it restored, I'm sure. This, this is pretty fun. good. It does. I mean, it's in good shape. I was, I was amazed that it looked so good for such a cheap, cheap piece of crap. It's got uh, veteran actors, you know, cult actors in it, just yeah. like Tino. Yeah. So you got... Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, you got Bob Tessier, who was in uh, he was in the Born Losers and uh, the Longest Yard and yeah, the Deep, uh, Doc Savage, um, Star Crash. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, tons of biker movies. Yeah, and then you got uh, Kenneth Toby is in one scene. He's in the scene where um, we see Angel kicking ass at the school. Yeah. Uh, so Kenneth Toby is he was in the uh, the thing from Another World. Uh, Beastrom, 20,000 Fathoms, uh, It Came From Beneath the Sea. Uh, and he was in Joe Dante movies like uh, The Howling, and uh, he was in both the Gremlins movies. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's in lots of stuff. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like they they do so much right, but don't have the budget to make it look good. Like mm. they don't have the budget to make it look better, I should say. Like, it looks good for what they got in the same way that Ed Wood was like, he would have used really good looking tombstones, didn't have a budget, made them out of cardboard. 
this is kind of the same thing. I thought this skull man at the end was good. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Uh, uh, Steve Neal was doing the makeup effects, or so I presume that was him. Yeah. It's an hour and six minutes before we see Angus Scrim's face. Yeah, I don't think that guy, at the when they don't show his face, I don't think that's him because the, the fingers look much thicker. Yeah. 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 So Scr- when he's got the, the snake going and everything? Yeah. Someone else. Yeah, when... Uh, yeah, they, there may be a scene they picked up later for whatever reason. Yeah. Angus was only on the set for 35 minutes or whatever. Yeah. It's great, though. I mean, he you could tell he gave everything to his performance. You know, all his dialogue had that that really weird dialect to it. And, uh, mm-hmm. it, it was, you know, that sort of lofty delivery that he's known for. And it's like, what part of Europe is this guy from? <laughs> Kansas. He's from Kansas, Europe. Kansas. <laughs> He's from Kansas. My favorite performers in this movie, though, the ones that made me laugh the most, are the two cops that come by Angel's house to tell her that her boyfriend died. Oh. Yeah. She opens the door. There's these two cops looking at her, and she goes, "He's died, hasn't he?" Yeah. They just bow their heads and just walk away. Yeah. They've had. They said they had to pay those two more if they gave them lines. So right, right. they didn't give them any. Yeah, lines. <laughs> they get a side card. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, Angus Scrim was from Kansas City, Kansas. Wow. Yeah, and that's why he has that peculiar dialect. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was uh, yeah, it it was really cool to see that we <laughs> that we had. Uh, all of these cult actors and Angus Scrim, who was at the height of his powers. Um, what was he like? Six foot four. And he was the, the most terrifying character in the phantasm movies. And this is like, he's really punching down <laughs> to be in this, but gives us all anyway. You know, even with the ridiculous props and the ridiculous costumes, he's just like, let's deliver this. this. Yeah. (laughs) That's a pro, man. Be the best, be the best you can, no matter what a piece of garbage it is. Yeah. But it's a glorious piece of garbage. (laughs) It really, really is. I mean, I think we're at the beginning of people knowing about this and we're part of people getting to know about this. And this is I hope. I hope is more a, people can find this. Yeah, when the um here's something I wanted to to talk about. The special effect of the mechanical spider. I uh, hate robot spiders. Robot spiders suck, but this one <laughs> after she crushed it, did you notice that they used bromo seltzer to get the foaming? No, yeah, I, I don't remember, but Did you ever did you ever experience bromo seltzer? Do you know what it is? Uh-uh. It's like Alka-Seltzer in granular form. Oh. It was a, basically a hangover cure. Yeah. I think it kind of fell out of popularity sometime in the late 80s, early 90s. I, I don't even heard of it in a Spike Jones song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's something you would see in your parents' medicine cabinet back in the 70s and 80s. And basi- yeah. basically about a cap full of it in a glass of water was the same as a couple Alka-Seltzer tablets. It was just a seltzer and aspirin essentially, but it was just like these little crumbs. And if you look at that scene, it's like, Oh, they totally just sprinkled some Broma seltzer and then wetted it. So it foamed. Uh, So yeah, that, uh, but her, her thigh was about as hairy as that spider. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, oh, the woman was very fair-haired and probably figured she didn't need to shave her thighs. Who's going to notice unless they do Yeah, but then the lighting. Yeah, the lighting caught every peach fuzz hair on her thigh. So at least she crushed it with the Sindhu Bible. (laughs) Which is not the most conspicuous uh, graphic uh, that you see in this movie. Uh, did you guys notice the, that sort of, uh, okay corral situation behind the country Western bar? When they, they, I know 
They were having a. a they have the cars in a circle. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was meant to look like a corral situation, I guess. Yeah. If you look at the signage, it looks like it is some sort of a cowboy bar, but where um, White Star is having a fight with one of the cowboys and like ends up beating him up and then throwing him in the trunk. There's a bunch of like stickers, like bumper stickers on the car, which is funny enough. But if you look over the the um, the rear entrance to the neighboring business is private parking for patrons of Taste of Scandinavia Smorgasbord. <laughs> <laughs> so that's adjacent to the cowboy bar. That that has. Nothing so, one uh, bit of graphics I noticed was, uh, you, you know, you got this uh, guy, Rick Stanton, is the FBI man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you see his reading material. Uh, he's got a copy of Mad, a copy of Cracks, <laughs> and a copy of Playboy. Yes. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. I said, he's got Cracked just for the articles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, conspicuous product placement. Did you guys notice a bunch of products that were like not Greeked out of view that they were, uh, Pepsi showed up in a few scenes. Oh yeah. 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 Coke paid for that. Yep. Um, Uh, yeah. Coors, uh, Coors, uh, hams. There was a, a truck, a beer truck of hams beer that was behind the country Western bar. Um, uh, the monitors were Toshiba monitors on the the island where Angus Scrim was looking at the monitors. Yeah. Like they're really small, like six inch displays, but they were all Toshibas. And then um, amongst the magazines were several kinds of booze, including wild turkey. Yeah. So, man, just I think his I think his gun was right there amongst all that stuff. It was. Man, just get the gun away from all that. <laughs> just remove the temptation. It'd be a great still life painting. Yeah, there was something really dark that popped up. One of the cops was, he used to be Jimmy or Timmy or something from Lassie. Yeah. Really? Yeah, did you get that, Jolian? Yeah, one of the guys is from Lassie. Uh, yeah, Tommy Rettig. Yeah, <clears throat> so I looked him up just out of curiosity. I think I just clicked on his name, and I was like, okay, what's this? And uh, it turns out that um, one, of the, uh, one of the kids that was also a child actor who had trouble transitioning, they had formed a support group, um, ended up committing suicide. And the, the two of them, uh, both of their... Uh, ashes were scattered off of the same boat into uh, the ocean. And it was like, oh, that's dark. That takes a little bit of the fun out of this thing. You know, like this this is a, you know, a, a struggling actor who used to be on the Lassie show with all this success. And then he died and then some other kid killed that's himself. how Manos Hands of Fate is. You know, you find out that Torgo killed himself right after the filming. You it makes it a little less fun. It does. You know, that, that shouldn't be part of this, but, uh, luckily he wasn't a main character anyway, so you don't have to really, you know, dwell on it too much. There's also a gorilla. Yeah, that was a good gorilla costume, wasn't it? <laughs> I wonder if it was played by that guy that we talked about. Charles Gamora. Yeah. I wonder if he's in this. No, no. That was after his time. Yeah. 20 years after he died. Oh, okay. Well, then, clearly, yeah. clearly not him. <laughs> yeah, the gorilla was getting pretty excited in that one scene. Um, yeah, it was a good-looking gorilla suit, though. Uh, any, but any she favorite? To kick him in the gorilla nuts. Yeah. And then she says something like, "This is what I'm here for." <laughs> <Something> <laughs> Like she plans on fighting a gorilla at some point. Oh, God. The the prison scene, though. That was like... (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like they make whole movies that are just, you know, 
women's prison sexploitation movies. You get a little of everything in this movie. It's like, it's like the variety pack of, of exploitation. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, when they were on the Island, here's something I wanted to, um, you know, you get to see the worst matte painting ever. I don't know what they made those rooms out of. Uh, like there's supposed to be some kind of little pods or something that the women were staying in, but none of the seams really lined up properly. And I'm looking, I'm looking at it going, they clearly made this out of, cardboard and covered it with fabric or something and i started thinking maybe it's the um like the interior set from genie's bottle in i dream of genie Mm. you know because like genie's uh bottle had all kinds of pillows and crap in it but uh you know similar shape yeah um yeah that's i think as far as remarkable oh um, it wasn't, it wasn't really homophobic, but with they, <laughs> not much. <laughs> what, uh, this one, the handbag. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't the worst homophobia from like a 1983 movie, but, uh, when the guy tries to return the purse and ends up walking back to the car with it and the, and the gay guys walk by and he, he says something like, well, hello, fly boy or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, the 80s. oh god they made fun of little people too when they arrived at the island one of the girls kneels down and says boss yeah. the plane like a yeah yeah fantasy <laughs> so i'm thinking what groups didn't they insult i think albino <laughs> yeah i guess that's about it uh <laughs> yeah so it just offended everybody a little bit. Yeah. It didn't really stomp on any toes. It just sort of stepped on them a little. A little bit, yeah. It could have been worse. It was, uh, it really felt like a, uh, you know, a 1930s pulp uh, story. You know, it made very little sense and it just raced along to the end. Yeah. Did you watch this with uh, Eugenia? Yeah. What does she say? Well, she put her phone down, so that's that's one oh, thing. Okay. So and she watched the whole thing. So this was a real she phone was dropper. Dazzled by it too. <laughs> yeah. We'll categorize this as a phone dropper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think as far as as far as my notes go, that was about it. But. Uh, did you guys have any favorite fight scenes? I think the prison break mud fight scene. It's yeah, it's, it, it's pretty hard to get past that. Uh, and there's a subsequent shower scene. Of course it's the eighties. You don't, you know, you don't skip the shower yeah. scenes. Did you notice the women's prison had lockers in the shower? <laughs> yeah. Just like prison does. Yeah, you just go in, you you get changed, you know, <clears throat> put on your other outfits. Take the key with the little elastic band on it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it around your wrist. Yeah, prison stuff. Yeah, prison stuff. That girl never got the mud. It drove me crazy. She didn't get the mud off of her forehead. <laughs> right. It's like, yes, we get it. That's the girl from the mud wrestling. Can she please wash that off now? God, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Fuck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to watch this again probably tonight. <laughs> There's so much more to be mined from this movie. Yeah. There's just layers. But it was never dull, was it? Not for 30 <laughs> seconds was this movie dull. No. That's what I loved about it. It was such <laughs> crap, but it never bored me at any point. I've been looking for a really bad movie like this, you know, something that low budget that they put their whole heart into it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I don't think I'm going to find another gem like this for a while. No, no, it's I've, re- I've looked, I've watched a couple others that were made, you know, same, same time period and whatnot. Uh, a couple, of he did a couple, of sort of sword and sorcery, uh, low budget things. And uh, not not as not nearly as good as this. 
No, it it's it's hard it's hard to get uh, it's hard to get anything over on this movie. Um, like you could look at something like uh, like Brain Damage, you know, and and this is this is something where it's it's bad in some ways, but it's it's oh, how do you even describe that that subgenre of horror movie? <laughs> You know, well, yeah. uh, talking about, uh, it's funny you should mention uh, that movie. Uh, one of the transport coordinators on this movie, if you watch the credits, one of the transport coordinators is named Brian Damage. Brian Damage. Really? <laughs> he, he Alan Smithied <laughs> his transport work. Brian Damage. <laughs> oh, God, that's great. Yeah. That's- I, I, I just. I, uh, I thought that's got to be his real name because why would you lie about your name if you you just well, even if it's a bad movie you know you're just the transport coordinator yeah no one's going to think oh what a terrible person you are well maybe the the um, responsibilities were just evenly divided amongst all of the grips and you know whatever oh so it's like uh, what was the what was the Marvel inking team called uh, uh, Krusty Bunkers. Crusty oh bunkers. yeah, yeah. If if they wanted an overnight job, they they get a whole bunch of inkers to work on it, and they they call themselves Crusty Bunkers. So it'd be like <laughs> the Neil Adams Studio or whatever. Yeah. Oh, how cool! So Brian Damage could be the transport coordinator equivalent. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. You know, like your crew work is just divvied up. Um, but yeah, the you know, I think about like the Frank Henenlotter films. You know. And you, you've got uh, basket case and brain damage and all that stuff, and you've got uh, things that are adjacent to this, related to this, like um, chopping mall, and all that stuff has a. I don't know how to explain it, but there's there's a different vibe to it and a little a little level up from this, but this is not for lack of effort. No. that this thing exists it's it's not like everyone was like to hell with it let's just do whatever no they're trying hard to do a good job there's just other people who are not caring because it's a tax write-off yeah it's a tax write-off yeah there are di- i don't know how the eyebrow thing went unnoticed and the girl even mentions like maybe he's maybe he's putting some nair on his eyebrows in the next scene, they're gone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then right. they come back. Yeah. Now you yeah, met- at first we thought they were two different people. Right, me too. I thought, oh, okay, good. His, his brother or something. Yeah, yeah, and then I were like, oh, wait, that's supposed to be the same person. Of course, mm-hmm. I didn't realize the, the cop that was dying was her younger brother. I was just like, what is going on with this? <laughs> She's really, really invested in this rookie cop's career <laughs> and how he didn't know the score yet so weird uh, yeah the uh okay the guy with the eyebrows what was that actor's name uh bob tessier okay when when he was in the longest yard was he the prisoner where he gets out and he does like some sort of tai chi stuff and and uh i think burt reynolds asks what's he doing it's like everyone's afraid to ask or something like <laughs> that i think he's that character I don't remember. Yeah. He's a friend of uh, Burt Reynolds. Like I remember that scene, but I don't remember the. He he was an actual uh, paratrooper. I think he was in Korea. Oh jeez. Uh, and he 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 also his hobby was uh, cabinet maker. Oh, huh. He used to make cabinets for uh, his actor friends. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he looked like a genuine biker, and it said something in in uh, what I was doing a little reading on him that he was part of a stunt team and that he liked doing motorcycle stunts. Yeah, he formed a stunt team. Yeah, something uh, Stunts Unlimited is him and oh, I forget the other guy, but yeah, he formed a stunt team. Wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Because like back in those days, you did not have that many tattoos unless you were former military and a biker. Mm-hmm. You just didn't have that many tattoos and, and that was considered a lot. And now there's 22 year old young women who have more tattoos than this. 
Yeah. But back in those days, if a guy had like a tattoo or a couple of tattoos, that was a bunch. And for this guy, he was like, in those days was considered like almost circus level of covered, like biker level of covered. And uh, yeah, different world now. Now he's a newbie. Yeah, he looks like an amateur compared to these. He really looks respectable. He could get a job anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Who's this fucking banker in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the vice president. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was a loan officer, but yeah, you, he's got vice president written all over him. Yeah. Cross his pectoral muscle, in fact. <laughs> so, yeah, I would say, yeah, the, um, yeah, the prison fight because... <laughs> <laughs> the levels of stripping <laughs> and the fact that this woman has this leather bondage outfit in prison. In prison. It's it would, in prison, yeah. And a bull whip. She's allowed to have a whip. Mm-hmm. But I, I meant, forget that she was a guard. Oh, was she a guard? Yeah. I thought she was a prisoner. Oh, well, now that makes more sense. It totally makes sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't make more sense at all. <laughs> Nothing makes more sense. Is it sense. casual Friday? Why was she dressed like that? <laughs> but whatever takes your focus off of the Rob Halford lookalike behind her. Uh, I mentioned this to Jolian on the phone earlier. Oh, the guy in the shades who's saying, oh, yeah, we love to watch these things. Yeah. yeah. He looks, yeah. I mean, Halford didn't look like that back then. But today's Rob Halford looks just like that guy. It's like Rob mm-hmm. Halford traveled time and got into this movie. Yeah. With time, with time traveling Will Barnes, who greenlighted the whole thing. This movie was made this last year. It made it look like it was the 80s. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It, it's like the whole Stranger Things kind of, you know, trend. Yes, yeah. Quint. Tarantino making Stranger Things. Ooh, I like that idea. Well, he already, yeah, he already did the retro thing with the uh, Planet Terror. He's always doing retro things. I guess. Yeah, he's always retro. Yeah, that's he, true. He retros history itself. He's a retrosexual. Yeah. Retrosexual. <laughs> he's all horny for the past. So, um, I don't even know how we top this. I just. <laughs> I just feel like we're going to have to talk about the omen or something to, to just like, oh. <sighs> what do you think? Should we do the omen? We've, we've not done it yet. Can we talk about the omen. We've talked, already talked about it. We've talked about <laughs> it, but we haven't covered it mm-hmm. in an episode. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. I don't mind watching the omen again. I, for Damien. I think we just caused it to go from, uh, included on prime to $7 to rent it. Probably. <laughs> I've 1999 got, to own. <laughs> right. uh, I've got it. Um, I've got a couple of copies, actually, if you need to pick up one. Yeah, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, I need to do a crosstown visit soon anyway uh, to get you the flash drive. Looks like a vaping device, but it's actually, <laughs> but it's actually a flash drive. Um, anything else before we call it a show? Can Can you even, like, tell anyone where to find this? I downloaded it because it was it is on Prime, but you have to pay for it. Uh, I I watched it this morning on uh, YouTube. Oh, excellent! Uh, someone uploaded it this weekend. Oh, how Very cool! Nice. What what convenient timing? See, the wave <laughs> has begun, and we are we are helping move it forward. Yes. Yeah, we have. <laughs> Going to be real sad when this becomes popular. What we. <laughs> I I really would love to see like at the horror conventions to see like the remaining living cast members from this. Um, all of these women are in their seventies now. You know, most of the guys. Raven Delacroix. Yeah, most of the guys are dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do you feel about the Omen? Is this a good idea? I love yeah. the Omen. It's a little darker than this movie, but you know. Sometimes we got to. You want to watch that because uh, you both got Shudder, right? Yeah. yeah. To watch that um, episode of uh, Cursed Films about the Omen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I've been meaning to watch that series. Yeah, it's it's good. I will rewatch it, and uh, 
yeah, I think that'll be a good one for next week. And our listeners will be ready for something just slightly darker than this one. But if you've listened to this episode and have not seen the 1984 film Lost Empire, just stop what you're doing and go watch this thing. <laughs> yeah, you'll be glad you did. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and if somehow you haven't seen any of the Phantasm movies, uh, go back and watch one of them to see a real performance from Angus Scrim. Boy. <laughs> watch the first two and skip the rest. Well, come on. Five? Ravager? Oh, God. <laughs> that was the three from hell of its day. Yeah. <laughs> it was three from hell before we knew three from hell was going to exist. Yeah. <laughs> Included on Shudder. Three from hell. Ooh. Just throwing that out there, yeah. Will. All right, guys, should we call it a show? Call it a show. It's one of the best things we've ever talked about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I'm, I'm a fan, instantly a fan of this. Good, good hunting, Will. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Cool. Glad I could share it. Awesome. Well, let's let's do it there. And uh, listeners, thank you for listening. And keep off the moors.